Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2392. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Hamden, Massachusetts, with a very special guest by the name of Jeff DeMary. Jeff, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am, and thank you very much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Good to have you here. Now, before we get into your life, your business, your passion for cars, and a very, very cool thing you're doing for young people coming into the industry... What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Jeff? Well, I, I do so much with cars, people don't realize that I my real love is our airplanes. Oh. And I'm actually a, a licensed pilot, and uh, I would love to be able to uh, spend more time flying than driving. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, it's all about the mechanics and the machine, and airplanes are certainly cool. So it kind of makes sense to me. I've had a fair number of automotive enthusiasts who are also pilots on the show. So I love it. Very, very cool. I know who to call now to uh, fly me around next time I need to to get something quick. Well, let me give you an introduction and we'll dive into your life. Jeff DeMary is a passionate automotive enthusiast and apparently airplanes too. He's a collector and an insurance agent. Nearly 20 years ago, he started Stonewall Insurance Group to specialize in protecting classic cars to get them the coverage that they deserve. Outside of working in insurance, he is truly passionate about the automotive world. He currently serves on the National Board of Directors for the Classic Car Club of America, where he's been heavily involved for many, many years. He also serves as a judge at some of the most prestigious automotive events in the country, including the Amelia, the Greenwich Concord, the Elegance, recognizing the aging crowds, uh, he might be talking about me, at classic car events, he has recently started the Springfield to Boston Education Foundation. It's a charity aiming to inspire, educate, and motivate students while providing them with the necessary tools to learn about the world of classic and collector cars. I can't wait to hear more about that. But first, a word from our sponsors, so please give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. 
Plus, DuPont Registry Recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So, Jeff, we are back. So I want to talk about a couple things. Obviously, you're a car guy. You've gotten involved in the insurance world. And you know all about the right way to insure these collector cars we love because we all know putting them on our regular insurance policy typically doesn't make sense. So I want you to touch on a little bit why insurance, why this was an intriguing career path for you. And then we're going to dive into the Springfield to Boston Education Foundation because that's really what got you and I together today. And I love what you're doing with that. But first, let's go back to the career choice insurance. The career choice in insurance came many years ago in the late 90s when I happened to look around and Home Depot and CVS were coming into the markets and they were taking out your little mom and pop pharmacy and your mom and pop hardware store. I was a little, I was helping my dad as a a little tiny agency and uh, we were just trying to figure out a niche and here I had this 68 Mustang Fastback. And uh, I figured, you know, that's kind of a fun little thing. Let let me work on that. So I literally found a carrier to uh, do the first insurance for that. And then the ball just started rolling. I just started uh, insuring more and more cars and became a, an entire life consuming event of going to shows and talking to people and realizing how wonderful the car world is. And it's still that world, even today, of they believe in a handshake. You can shake somebody's hand and make a deal and it's good. Um, and that really is what drives me because insurance is a promise. It also uh, helps dealing with those kind of folks. And it's so important because as people have heard on this show many, many times talk about automotive insurance, especially collector car insurance, uh, why it is important. And I still run across friends today that have either gotten a car or always had a car that maybe was a hand-me-down car that didn't realize this kind of insurance is available to them. And the idea of uh, a value set on the vehicle, because we all know that your basic car insurance will look at that 68 Mustang and go, well, that's an old car. That's not worth very much. But you and I know, well, right. it may be worth more. So I had a 66 Fastback. So I love that era of Mustang. They are very, very cool. So this passion grew through your business and through meeting all of us wonderful car people, because we are wonderful and we love to share our stories. But I love the story of Springfield to Boston Education Foundation. Dive deep deep into why you decided to go into this area and bring, I mean, I know, but sometimes people go, well, why are you taking all the time to do this? Sounds like a deep passion for you. Yeah, Mark, it's been an eye-opening adventure for me in the fact that with all of the clubs that I went to and all the volunteer boards that I served on and all the places I went, you stand on a a parade field, you talk about, you know, an, an, an aging crowd and we really need to get kids or, or look, oh my God, there's a kid. He's walking across the field. (laughs) Where did he come from? And then, and then, you know, you have your, your burger or your meal and you, and you leave and no one ever thinks about it again Mm -hmm. and no one ever does anything. Everyone talks about it. So I really decided to do something about it. 
And I started the charity, Springfield of Boston. And the Springfield of Boston comes from a historic route of Route 20. If you don't know much about Massachusetts, it's there's a little tiny side road, a lot like 66 that goes east-west. Well, Route 20 goes uh, east-west through Massachusetts. And it was how everybody got to Boston. It was how your cattle got to Boston and everything else. It was all, everything was driven from the western part of the state through this Route 20 to the Boston Common. And that's how, you know, the automotive world became um, so big in Massachusetts. And we had Springfield, Rolls-Royce, and Duryea, and we had over 100 auto manufacturers in the western part of the state at the turn of the century. So I grabbed onto that history and created the foundation. And I hate to use the term kids. Uh, because some of them are kids. I mean, some of them, it was a, a great little boy, uh, Nolan, who was actually in my wife's school. My wife is a school teacher. And he happened to mention to his teacher in another classroom uh, something about the Greenwich Concourse. Ah. The teacher next door said, oh, you know, Mrs. DeMary's husband is a judge. Oh, no, you have to have all this education and he can't be a judge and this, that and the other thing. And I just happened to hear this conversation at the breakfast table with my wife. So I ran downstairs. I grabbed an old Greenwich judging pin and badge that I had in a drawer. It was all wrinkled and crinkled. <laughs> and I gave it to my wife and I handed it to this, this young man. I, I didn't hand it to him. I gave it to my wife and she then gave it to him the next day. He proudly wore that that pin around his um, school for the entire day. How fun. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Then the, then the kid did something that I wish more people would still do that absolutely changed this kid's life and energized me. He wrote me a thank you note. Mm, perfect. And he put a stamp on it and mailed it. Yep. Well, to keep the story a little short, I, I then grabbed onto his lapel. I dragged him down to Greenwich Concours, made him a, an assistant judge, introduced him to <laughs> Wayne Carini and uh, Donald <laughs> Donald Osborne yeah. and you know you know uh, and then and then we're walking across the field and Carini told the told uh, Nolan yeah go down this row over there and uh, um, you can get in my green Allard nah, nice. and you know take a few few photos yeah and I'm like okay no problem and we're walking along, walking along, and doesn't the kid know what an Allard is? Of course. He literally walks right down and hops in the Allard. I'm yeah. like, seriously, this this kid's no joke. So I've then taken him through, you know, a bunch of events and all kinds of things. He's helped me out with the Wilbraham Hill Climb that we, we did that benefited the charity. We had the VSCCCA um, here, and we had 30 cars racing up a historic hill that used to be a test track for all the cars in the western part of the state. and. I've truly in infected him with the, the joy of the car world. Yeah. So he was just a, 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 you know, he's a young boy. He's, you know, I don't know, nine or 10. He's in fifth grade. But, you know, he'll never be the same again after after yeah. that, you know? Yeah, I love the story. Um, in fact, you sent me a great picture of Nolan. And I, for you listeners, you can see it. It's going to be on Jeff's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. He's sitting in a very old car, not an Allard. Looks like in the picture he's sitting in a much, much older car. Yeah, I think he's sitting in a 1908 or 1910 Stutz. There you go. Is what he's sitting in, and he, he he was at the at the hill climb with another good friend of mine, Nick Gruel from New Hampshire, uh, was a big car collector. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about how the foundation works. Aside from this very personal interaction you got to have to really change a young man's life to get him on a course of having fun with cars and realizing the importance, and hopefully he'll tell all of his friends, and out of those friends, a few 
kids, boys or girls will say, I kind of would like to go to that event and it will grow. But how does how is the foundation set up to help others? The foundation works in we accept donations of cars. Like I have a uh, 1938 Packard that was donated. Um, the Packard was donated from a, a wonderful man down in Florida, and he donated it. We put some repairs into it and got it running. We've taken it around to all the shows to entice the kids and bring them to schools, bring it to trade events so that people can see you know, what the cars are and so on and so forth. And they don't have to worry about touching the car and changing the oil or putting some wax on it. It's not a, it's not a do not touch car. It's a please touch me car. <laughs> I love it. So we, we've got the Packard. We've got a, a 41 Woody that was donated to the foundation. We have a Pontiac 1963 uh, Grand Prix that was our most recent donation from a guy out in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, my son and I drove out there and he donated it and wants it to be used for kids and driving them around and, and letting them wrench on it. So it's great to have these cars that are donated. We then go to schools and events to talk to the shop teachers and talk to the people to um, find the kids that are not necessarily looking for scholarship money. I, I, I don't want the foundation to be a scholarship type of a situation of just processing money. I want to find the Nolans. I want to find, you know, there was a, another another gentleman, uh, Pete Zimmerman, who does a lot of my mechanic work. He's in his late 30s, early 40s, and, and he's a wonderful mechanic, and he works on these cars, but he's never been experienced into the world of the car show and the judging and uh, and everything that's there. I dragged him into that and, you know, brought him to you know, a few large collectors and things of that nature. So the money that we raise... you we use for paying his lunch and going to the events and things of that nature. So it's, uh, it's great. And we're, we're still a fledgling foundation, but, um, I was just able to, um, uh, hire, uh, Carly Connors. Um, she has been an absolutely wonderful uh, addition to the foundation. She's got her background in museums and she's got a, a rich history with uh, Saratoga Auto Museum up in New York. And she's helping me now get everything squared away and help me plan events. And, you know, we're going to be doing a raffle for um, a giveaway of a car. I think it's a 2009 DB9 Aston Martin that we have. So that'll be coming up. People people can look for that. And, uh, you know, so it's it, it's interesting. We're always looking for people. And part of the reason I want I want to be on the show is to be able to help get the word out and see who, who else we can find, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll make sure I put links to how to connect with Jeff. And we'll talk about it at the end of the show today on his Cars Yeah show notes page on the website here. Yeah, Carly was a guest back. She was around the 1500s, I think 1590, 1591, guest number, I should say. She was the executive director yep. of the Saratoga Automotive Museum at the time. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, a lady who's uh, neck deep in the car world. So you've got a great uh, a great teammate there to help with all of this. You know, I started taking my son when he was eight years old to Pebble Beach. And he's going to be turning 30 here. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Next month. Uh, and I remember <laughs> all those years, I think he's been to 18 or 20 of those events before he got into college and couldn't make it. And now he's got a job and he couldn't make it this year because of work. Yeah. Sorry, dad. You know, cats in the yep. cradle kind of thing. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember back when he was young and he kept every year we'd go and he goes, how come there's no buddy my age here? You know, and I said, mm -hmm. I know it's it's kind of disappointing. I will say that in the last years, 
post-COVID, I am seeing more and more kids uh, appear. And that the event that uh, Patrick Long, uh, who I just had as a guest on the show, he's, he was a returning guest because he's going to be supporting the Sport reunion that's coming up here at the end of the month. I should say Blake will be attending that event with me. And I see more people at Patrick's Luftecult, a lot of families attending there. So it's, something's happening. I think it's kind of slowly happening. It could be the cost of going. I don't know. What do you think it is that is slowly changing? It is people like you and me that are trying to promote it to young people? I think it it is that. It is the promotion of it. I think that a lot of classic car world forgets that we were young and we couldn't afford the cars that we have now back then. And and I think that some of the more interesting cars are now are now more affordable, and they still have some more interest in it. Because I've seen a big re- resurgence in in the insurance world of young kids buying brass era cars. Interesting. And I was like scratching my head, going, "God, I thought brass era was dead," yeah. you know. And, and then all of a sudden, you get these twenty and thirty somethings, and they've got one or two two brass era cars, and it's it's interesting to see that. And they love their Tesla Plaid, you know, that goes <laughs> yeah. you know zero to sixty in one second. But uh, you know, there's something about the mechanics and the the raw workings of a, of a brass era car, you know? Well, that era, those were the cars that caught my son's attention, even when he was young. And I, I said, what? Cause they, they've never been my, I mean, I love them, but not what I'm in. I like fifties and sixties sports car, race cars, things like that. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah. And Blake to this day, now he's, you know, a millennial and working and making great money. So uh, he's even said to me, you know, if I got a collector car, I think it might be a brass era car just cause they're so cool. And I said, what, what, why? And he said, well, because they're just they're old and handmade and different so different and i think that's the attraction it'd be my guess mm-hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely. very cool now another thing that you're doing in addition to your many <laughs> endeavors is you've just recently <laughs> started stonewall garage tell me about this project yeah, I did. I uh, it, It's funny, it kind of led off of the charity. The charity has five cars, and I was looking for places to put the cars. <laughs> yeah, where do you park I'm like, them all? I, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, where do you park them all? I got to bring the kids to the cars. I, I want to have a little classroom area, mm-hmm. you know, talk to them, and so on and so forth. And I couldn't find anywhere. Um, so for the last year and a half or so, I've been on a hunt for a building, and I finally found a building in Enfield, Connecticut that's, you know, 50,000 square feet. Uh, it's got, wow. you know, all epoxied floors and nice. LED lights and heated and it got this massive fire extinguishing system in it because it was a uh, plastic um, uh, manufacturing facility. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's it's kind of worked out the fact that there's uh, this uh, great facility. So I, I leased a, a 50,000 square feet of the building with option to buy the building and uh, we're, we're going at it. We're going to start right. putting cars in there on October 1st. So it's, a, it's it. a new venture and, you know, it's going to help the charity a lot because we're going to have a place and we're going to get all the clubs to have events there too, uh, free of mm-hmm. charge so they can come and, you know, have a club meeting in the middle of the snowstorm and uh, still have some cars to look at and, you know, go from there. So it should be interesting. 
Well, congratulations. That's very, very cool. And I love the way it dovetails into your foundation as well. You know, I like to talk about people that have inspired you, mentors in your life. You know, this talk is interesting to me because you have become an inspiration and mentor in young people's lives. Was that something that you always aspired to do or have done in the past even before you got into cars? Or is that how you see your role now in life when it comes to the car world? Um, yeah, Mark, I have to say, I didn't really think about it that way. Um, I just, uh, if I had to, if I had to really think about it, I, I, I don't really know a quote mentor in my life that's really changed it other than the entire hobby. And I mean, everybody from classic car people to Porsche people to brass era people that it, it, everyone is, is an inspiration. It's how they work and they're dedicated on the cars. Um, I guess I'm kind of honored that you 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 think <laughs> that I, I I'm an I'm an inspiration to others. I I just want to help and get the kids in, involved. And you know I see the the radiator shops and the upholstery shops and all these all these accessory shops going out of business. I mean, and they're not going out of business because lack of work. They're going out of business because they're lack 80 years old and they can't do, do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. You yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a little uh, inspiration myself here, and that is McPherson College. Now I just had. The president of McPherson on the school, I've had many other people, including graduates and young people who go to McPherson. And, you know, that school is the first school in the country to create a four-year degree in automotive restoration. And for you listeners, if you missed my talk, uh, go back and listen to Michael because he explains that that was on the chopping block for a while because nobody believed. They said, no, four-year liberal arts school, what does that have to do with blue-collar workers on old cars? There's no relationship here. And I believe, and I hope, I hope, and I think it's happening to people like Mike Rowe and others, that the idea of education is changing. The idea of, of thoughtful and inspirational careers is changing and that you can have a, a really great career. You know, we just had some, some plumbers at our house and they had uh, the gentleman who came to fix something had a uh, apprentice with him and was teaching him. And I asked him, I said, what got you into this field? And he said, well, I worked in security before, but I didn't really like it. And um, I like doing things with my hands. I've never been good at studies, you know, like sitting in a classroom. I like doing stuff with my hands. And, and he said, once I get done with this, this is going to be a livelihood I can, you know, support my family. Um, cause I'll tell you, plumber, plumbers, Absolutely. Aren't, plumbers aren't cheap. I learned that yesterday. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I stay away from water and electricity cause I tend to create floods and electrocution for myself. <laughs> so I leave that to the experts, but I really see that it's changing and, and schools like McPherson are a good example of that. McPherson is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And, and I know that there's another one in Pennsylvania too. Yeah. There's a, tra- there's a trade school in Pennsylvania that, that has an auto restoration program. And that's one of the, one of the ones I'm diligently reaching out to. We we did on the Classic Car Club, we reached out to them. They have like a two-year degree for automotive restoration. And we've actually taken some of his students from there. We've paid to have them come up from there to come to Grand Classics with the uh, CCCA. You know, I want to talk a little bit more about you and this passion you've developed for cars. I like to ask this question because we all have a car in our past. And we might still have it. That really means the world to us. Is there a car like that for you? One special vehicle? There is. It was that Mustang that I mentioned earlier in the program. The 68? The 68 Fastback. I, I still have it. I, I bought it in 1986 from a, from a neighbor down the road. I used to ride my bicycle down to his house. He, he had the 68 and a 72 uh, Mustang. 
And uh, I used to help him turn wrenches on it for a year, two years. I got my driver's license. My father, my father found a deal on a 1968 American Rambler, which is nothing more than a shoebox with a giant bus-sized steering wheel. <laughs> so it w- was not very fun to drive. Um, straight six, you know. And uh, I had saved up some money. I went down to the neighbor's neighbor and uh, was able to give him fifteen hundred dollars on deposit. And he wrote out a little scratch piece of paper on a thing saying, uh, you owe me another $1,500 and here's the car. Nice. I drove, drove it home, show, showed my parents, and they were like, what? What did you do? <laughs> I said, well, this is what I did. This is what I did. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, been an interesting, it's been an interesting car to hang on to. You know, myself now, 53 years old, it's, it's been in the family for a long time. And, uh, you know, I was uh-huh. able to... Uh, was able to let my son take it. I actually took it to my prom um, in high school, and my son, five or six years ago, took it to his prom oh in his gosh. high school. How so, cool is that? So it was, it's really kind of a cool thing to, to have a car that long, you know? I mean, so... I love it. Well, I had a 66. I love the fastback. And of course, the 68 of Stephen Queen Bullet fame. Of course, the 68 yep. is a, a great looking car. They did some nice changes to the car uh, in those years. So I love it. I love it back. Love it very much. Now, I always like to ask uh, how, about how others give back, but it's obvious through our conversation here, you are definitely uh, giving back through the foundation and these many things you're doing. So I, I applaud you for that. And if my listeners know that the one thing I've learned after talking to 2,392 people now is as we <laughs> feel the most fulfilled in our lives when we find a way to give back to others and help others. And I always tell that to people who are at a point in their life where they're kind of depressed and they can't figure things out. I go, go find a way to go help other people. And you will start yep. to realize uh, what's important in life. And it, it works every time. Absolutely. Is there yep. a great book that you'd like to share? Because I love books, self help books, maybe business books, or it could be a car book. Books. I don't. I don't. I. I don't do a lot of reading. I. I think my my biggest thing that I do is uh, audio books. I, I love okay. audio books. I yeah. listen to. I listen to tons of them because I'm constantly driving to all the events, everything else. Well, those count as books. Yeah. 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 Is there is there one in particular maybe that there was one that really doesn't have to do with cars, but it's uh, uh, it's about pilots and and it's about getting your pilot's license and it's it's got a tough name, but it's called the killing zone. And I I would have to say it's it's it has changed my life in piloting because it talks about how pilots get bold and you need to be very respectful that, okay, you have this license, you can now go out and fly an airplane, but you are by no means um, an expert in flying an airplane. And it talks about all the stuff of the numbers of hours that a pilot has and what happens. And there's a certain numbers from hour one to hour 500 is considered the killing zone when most pilots die because they don't really focus or listen or they get out of practice or things of that nature. And uh, that would probably be one of my most significant books I've ever, ever read because it it affected me. Well, definitely. My next door neighbor, well, I have two pilots that live on my street. Uh, One is retired military and flew for uh, American Airlines and the other flies for Alaska currently. And I follow a guy that's kind of interesting to me and you know, al- aligned with this. I'm trying to think of his name. I think Blank Cor- Corlorio is the name of his, his uh, YouTube page. I can't remember his name. But anyway, what he does is he does analysis of aircraft accidents. 
and takes a oh, very, yep. very deep dive into why things happen. Um, because, you know, we, we see these tragedies that happen in all respects, but airplanes in particular seem to really hit home because as a passenger, you sit in an aircraft and you kind of feel at the mercy of whoever built this plane, whoever's flying this plane, and whoever's navigating and all the kind of things. Uh, but he gets kind of in a deeper dive. And a lot of the times, it goes back to what you just talked about, is the pilot did something wrong. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the most recent one was a, a guy in a small plane that just didn't think about how the structural elements of the plane can't, can or can't work and, you know, pulled up too quick and lost a wing. So, yeah, the killing zone. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Jeff Shono's page. You regular listeners know there's a place on the website called Guest Recommended Books where there's over 3,000 books listed there with quick links to buy from my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. A lot of great reading, and I've interviewed lots and lots of wonderful authors um, who and publishers who put uh, great books together. Most of them are car books, but this will be a new one on the list. So let's go on the ultimate drive today, Jeff. Uh, I'm a bit of an enabler. This is kind of a fun thought. I'm going to park anything in the world in your driveway. Don't worry about the cost. I'm covering everything today. You could take it for a drive, but here's the key part since we've talked about the importance of people in the automotive world. You can take anybody with you, including somebody who's no longer with us, which opens up quite a world of opportunity. I think even one guest even said, I think I want to take God along on a ride. <laughs> so I went, okay, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a first, but you know, uh, okay, let's go for it. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? The ultimate drive for me, I think, would be uh, 1929 W.O. Blower Bentley. Oh, cool. Um, would be my cho- my choice of car. Um, and uh, it, it's it's an interesting vehicle with race he- race heritage and pedigree and everything else. And I would love to drive around the country visiting all of the backwoods airports, um, uh, okay. looking for war warbirds and crop dusters and all the other cars because most of the pilots are car people too. And there's always a car tucked in a hangar or tucked under a wing somewhere, and you'd be surprised what you can find. So you know they wouldn't be barn finds; they'd be hangar finds. So. <laughs> I think that would be that that would be an uninteresting an, an interesting little twist to uh, spend a couple of months driving a, a blower Bentley around uh, through all the airports. Yeah, this well, wonderful country that we have. Oh my gosh! Since you're, we're talking about a couple months, maybe you take a few people, pick up a few different people. But is there maybe just for today one person that you might maybe maybe even W O Bentley? That- That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that would definitely be that would definitely be the be the the thing would be to to bring WO or uh, not to sound sappy, but uh, uh, I lost my father long before I ever had any success in the business world, and it'd be nice to have him there. Well, of course. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, and I really applaud you for what you're doing on top of a very busy career life and then uh, opening up your garage as well. Uh, Would you leave us with maybe some words of wisdom or inspiration since... As far as I'm concerned, that is what you are for our listeners to enjoy today. <laughs> um, keep a positive attitude. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and and I think the other the other biggest thing that I've learned quite recently in the last two or three years is the word no is just a direction. It really isn't a negative word. Um, if somebody says no, you just you can't go that way. You have to go in a different way and figure something else out. Um, and I think that's helped me really uh, navigate a lot of things. Absolutely. I love it. It's great. And I love the idea of keeping a positive attitude. I always say the difference between an an ordeal and an adventure is your attitude about what you're doing. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, all those times exactly. you bust your knuckles and scream, well, maybe you just learned something. Don't turn the wrench that way. Yep. So, you know, yep. absolutely. How can people learn? Or if your car, if, if your car breaks down on the side of the road, you're always going to meet some fun people, you know? Well, you know, <laughs> the, that's, the people, the people who are going to stop are always uh, helpful. That's happened twice to me, both in old cars. Once with my son, we had a little Beck Spider. We were taking a 1500 mile road trip up the Pacific coast and uh, we ran out of gas and. And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is tough. No cell service. So we were sitting there in this little sports car, you know, no top. And these people pulled over. They just made some fresh ice cream. So we sit on the right side of the road eating fresh uh, strawberry ice cream, watching the, the, the stream <laughs> go by. And uh, another time, same thing. And a guy pulled over and he goes, I've seen your car on a catalog cover. Um, and I just happened to have a five gallons of gas in my car. Um, I just went to get gas. I'll, I'll give you my gas. So, yeah. You never know who you might meet. So um, it becomes becomes a friend. Yeah, very cool. How can people learn more about your business, Stonewall Insurance Group, also about Springfield to Boston Education Foundation? And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about is the WilbrahamHillClimb.com. Do you want to touch on that real briefly? Yeah, I mean the, the the Wilbraham Hill Climb is a is a great event um, that we we use as a as a fundraiser for the charity, and uh, it's all about this historic road here in in Wilbraham, Massachusetts. That was a test bed for basically Rolls Royce and Duryea and Knox and all the cars in the western part of the state. It was kind of a game to all of the builders and designers. They'd bring the the cars over there. They'd race up this dirt road, and it's a substantial hill. It's a 23% grade. It is a hill climb. And um, what happened this year is we had 30 people, uh, 30 VSCCCA pre-war cars uh, racing up the hill. We had Stutzes and Mercers, and we had a couple of Bentleys, no blower Bentleys, but a couple of Bentleys. You know, we just had a fantastic time. We had about four thousand people that came out to oh to see it. We had a we had a two or three hundred car car show at the same time, and we had Owl's Head Transportation Museum came down. Toby, uh, we had people from the Audrain. We had the Springfield Museum uh, let the actual Durier out of the museum, and it was there on display. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful event. We had five or six other museums that came. Heritage Museums and Gardens brought a Mercer, so it was it was wonderful to have have that much of the community come and share their wares and and educate the kids and it was you know uh, out of those 4000 people probably 3500 of them didn't even know this existed so it was just it was just fantastic that you know the town and the community was involved and it really opened a lot of doors so it's it's a wonderful event Love it. Well, see, you inspired a few more folks there too, which is what it's all about. Well, I'll put links to your business, uh, stonewallinsurancegroup.com on Jeff Shono's page. Of course, uh, the hill climb you just mentioned, uh, easy to find. I'll put a link to that. Uh, Springfield to Boston Education Foundation.com. And mm-hmm. do you have a website for your new Stonewall Garage? Yep, just stonewallgarage.com. There yep. you go. Easy Check to it find. out. Check yeah. it out for me. I'd, I'd, I'd love uh, love information. It's a new venture for me, so uh, <laughs> I think I know enough about cars to put them in a garage, so we'll see what we can do. Well, I think you do, and in our pre-show uh, chat, uh, I was talking with Jeff about 
a recent guest that was just on my show that has a similar type business and has just uh, scaled it up a little bit with different services. That would be Ryan Remington. He was just on the show, but I've had several people from across the country that are doing similar things. So you'll have to listen to those shows and uh, connect with those folks. I'll put you in connection with them to see how they've expanded and made their businesses successful. I want to do a quick shout out to, we mentioned her, Carly Connors. She's the one that helped set up this talk with Jeff today. So Carly, thank you very much. And thanks again for being a past guest on Cars. Yeah. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your inspiration and mentorship with others. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. I, I enjoyed my time. It was, uh, it was wonderful to be on the program. Absolutely. This is a great fun. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.